Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. During this podcast season, you know, we began weeks ago back in Genesis 1, the God of creation. God called the dry land earth and the waters, the waters that were gathered together, he called the seas. And we started there for this particular season that we've been calling living waters. And God saw that it was good. The water was part of God's plan. And we followed the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as they searched for water in this new promised land that God called them to. They dug wells. They argued over who owned wells, and the Philistines pushed them away, and they had a lot of strife over water. They learned to trust God for his provision of rain in the land. And then we were reminded in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. Such a beautiful psalm written by David. More recently, we've moved into the New Testament where we've considered the ministry of Jesus first during his baptism down at the Jordan River. And then we've spent several weeks around the Sea of Galilee. We've read the accounts of the miraculous power of Jesus. He has all power. He has all authority over the storms. Even the winds and the waves obey his voice. And over the fish of the sea, Jesus was teaching his disciples, do not fear, do not doubt. O you of little faith, trust me. And it's been an exciting adventure going through this particular season. We've enjoyed it so much, and we're thankful that you've been listening. And Brenda, even as you've been talking, I'm just listening to that. And remind I'm I'm just a little bit sad that we're even thinking about ending this series. I think there's so many more examples, but, but, but we'll continue. Yeah. Well, I want to start today reading, going back to Genesis, we'll go to Genesis 2, and I just want to read beginning in verse 10. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. Remember, there was no rain yet. And there it was divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon, the name of the second is Gihon, And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And that fourth river is the Euphrates. You know, God gave a river to water the Garden of Eden, and it was divided into four very distinct rivers. And you know, again, the purpose, the river from the water, the water from that river was to water the Garden of Eden. And as we get into that, we've just talked about water is used powerfully in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, but it's also used powerfully in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. But for us to understand how the book of Revelation encourages its readers who've just gone through some terrible times with some amazing water imagery, we need to look at several passages found in the Old Testament prophets. 
These words prophesy and share God's promise of what's to come. And there's more passages than this, but we'll just look at a couple. The first is in, found in Ezekiel 47. And Ezekiel's writing really at the beginning of the Babylonian ca- captivity, just before the temple's been destroyed. A number of people have been taken into captive. In the first half of the book, he reminds these captives in Babylon that judgment was coming on Jerusalem. Judgment had already come on them. They're in Babylon. But then in chapters 33 through 48, there are these wonderful prophecies of Israel's future, including chapter 43. I wish we could take the time, but the glory of God who had been departed in Ezekiel said that's why the Babylonians will be able to come in and take Jerusalem, because the glory departed. But someday, in chapter 43, Ezekiel writes, the glory will return to Jerusalem in power. And then a little later in chapter 47, that's where we'll read Then he got brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate, led me around the outside to the outer gate that faces east, that's the golden gate. And behold, the water's trickling out of the south side, going eastward with a measuring line in his hand, The man measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water, and it's ankle deep. And then there's other measurements. Eventually, it's knee deep, then it's waist deep. Then it's a river you can't walk through, you can't pass through. You have to swim through. And you know, this isn't just more rain coming from heaven and other rivers gathering together. The water that's coming from below the temple in Jerusalem is being multiplied. It's, it's, It's expanding. It's growing. It's supernaturally growing. And remember, Ezekiel's living in Babylon with a group of Jewish captives, and he has this prophetic message. He's encouraging them. Water's so important. Remember, where there's water, there's life. Someday it's just going to be flowing out, multiplying out from the temple as part of God's blessing. That's a time when the people return. And, and But continuing Ezekiel's prophecy, Brenda, you read this because you love this section. Yeah. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Of course, no one has ever seen this. This is amazing. This is a work from the hand of God. Son of man, have you seen this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on one side and on the other. And he said to me, this water flows through the eastern region and it goes down into the Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. I have to just insert here, as the water flows to the east, that's going from Jerusalem down toward the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea. And this verse is saying, as it enters the sea, the water will become fresh. That's a miracle. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there and the waters of the sea may become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. As this water's flowing, it's going into the Dead Sea and it is bringing life. You know, regular seawater, when we go to an ocean, what do we call it? We call it salt water. Well, it has dissolved salts of about 3.5%, okay? The Dead Sea has salinity of 
34% salts, as well as the combination of many other minerals are found there in the Dead Sea. That's why when you go to the Dead Sea, you will float. Anyone knows that you will float in the Dead Sea. We've seriously had people say, I don't I don't, I never float. We had a guy on one of our last trips. There's no way. And I I'm don't like, float. I'll bet you $100,000. And guess what? He floated. So he did. Well, this is just such an encouraging message. God can reverse the curse of a Dead Sea with living water coming out from the temple in Jerusalem, coming down. And he can reverse the curse of a Dead Sea. And you know, friends, he can reverse the curse of a dead me. He's brought me back to life. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And God has reversed that curse. And I have now the hope and the promise of eternal life because of Jesus Christ, his son. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, I have to go on into verse 10, because fishermen are going to stand beside the sea. Okay, we're talking the Dead Sea from En Gedi. We love going to En Gedi, the caves, all of the deer that we see there, the Gedi jumping around, and we watch them. But then north into En it will be a place for the spreading of nets, fishermen nets, Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. God's provision. Do you see that there in verse 11? God's provision. He's going to make the great sea, um, this dead sea, like the great sea, the Mediterranean sea. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be filled with fish. But yet God's going to still provide for those creatures, birds and the plants and the other animals in that area that have become accustomed to the Dead Sea, to the salt and the high level of minerals. On the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail but they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. You know, something, Walt, that we have discovered, we both really love trees. And so I'm really drawn to these verses here, verse 12 especially, all kinds of trees for for food. I just enjoy the trees. And we've been in that region so many times. The only little, there's little shrubs and plants, the only kind of trees we would call them are date palms, and they have to be heavily watered. But these are trees with leaves. These, These are fruit trees with leaves. Nothing like that could live there. This will be a miracle. This It'll be a miracle. No one could fish in the Dead Sea. There's no fish in the Dead Sea. But there are going to be fishermen there, just like they now are on the Sea of Galilee, just like they are out on the Mediterranean Sea. This is going to be spectacular. It's going to be fresh water. How can that happen? It's 10 times more saline than, than ocean water. It's going to be happening because there's going to be a miracle. God's going to reverse 
the curse. And the imagery here is so powerful. And, you know, we shy away from these books of the prophets, don't we? Because we don't understand them. We don't know what's going on. But it's really overwhelming when you consider the terrain of Israel, the reality of water sources, the availability. As Walt said, we we don't, I mean, if you see trees that are bearing fruit, they're usually being irrigated. It's not this provision of God. This is God's provision. And also here in verse 12, before I hand it back over to you, Walt, I have to point out, I just flipped over in my Bible quickly to Psalm 1, blessed is the man, and then you drop down, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that what yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Friends, that is the kind of man, the kind of woman God wants us to be so that we can provide encouragement and healing and um, just just that brotherhood, that community to those people around us. Yeah, and this as this passage there talks about this fruitfulness and what it will be like. That passage in Psalm talks about the fruitfulness of a person that trusts in the Lord, that person who meditates on the law of the Lord. That's the kind of person that is fruitful. Well, one more passage out of the Old Testament, and we could find others, but Zechariah 14, which was written about 70 years later, in 520, now they, they've they been allowed to go back into the land, and now this is another message of encouragement. Zechariah 14, first verses 1 through 4, Behold, the day is coming for the Lord, when the spoil that was taken from you in defeat will be divided in your midst. It'll be brought back, for I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights on a day of battle. And on that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from the east to the west by a very wide valley, so that one half of the mount shall move northwards and the other half southwards. On that day, living waters, as we continue in verse 8, will flow out from Jerusalem. Well, we've already seen this. And half of them to the eastern sea, half of them to the western sea. And it shall continue both in summer as in winter. Oh my gosh, water year round. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name will be one. You know, when we go to visit Jerusalem, one of the places we love to go is the Mount of Olives. And stretching out in front of us, down the Mount of Olives, just before the Temple Mount itself, lies one of the costliest cemeteries in the world. And it's there where wealthy Jewish individuals desire to be buried so that they can see the coming of Messiah, that they'll be the first one raised from the dead to see him come. Now we say and believe that this will be his second coming, the first time he came as a suffering servant. He came as the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. The second time he comes, he comes as a lion of the tribe of Judah. And this prophecy fuels the desire to be buried there when he comes. Well, with time fleeting, we'll go to our last passage, just two verses out of Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the streets of the city, also on either side of the river. There's the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. 
and the leaves of that tree were for the healing of the nations. What an encouraging passage this is. This ties us back to Ezekiel 47, verse 12. This healing that Ezekiel talked about is a healing for the nations, the nations that are first gathered together in, in abject terror as they take on God in this great and terrible day of the Lord. But this will be reversed. This healing will be for people, but more importantly, it also brings healing to the nations. And I have to stop right here and and talk about a head to heart. You know, this whole lesson of hope should encourage your soul. If you feel like circumstances of your life are spinning out of control, if you feel like the people around you and the world around you is spinning out of control, let me remind you of this truth. God's got it. He's got this. God's not surprised. He's not wringing his hands in heaven and saying, oh, no, what will I do? He has a plan, and he's watching over every detail. God has a purpose and a plan. In Jeremiah 31, this passage that is encouraging the people to hang on, hang in there, it says this, there is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children shall come back to their own country. There is hope. God's got a plan. And he will someday bring it to pass. Yeah, I love that whole idea, the thought of, you know, looking at my circumstances. Um, and when you say, you know, God's not wringing his hands, how how very true that is. And in John's gospel, Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he stands at the temple, and he makes a bold proclamation to the people there, let anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of flowing water will flow from within them. And as Jesus spoke here, and it's recorded in John's gospel, chapter seven, we've go back, we've got this here, the rivers of living water. Here's Jesus calling them. We've, we've looked at these rivers flowing, goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And we've shared today how it's going to appear again in Revelation. Ezekiel talks about this river, this flowing, living water. Throughout history, people have lived during times of abundance and drought, severe flooding, and many other types of storms and catastrophes. You know, Jesus came and he one day sat down at a well and he spoke to a woman who was lost and lonely. He stood up in the temple in Jerusalem and addressed anyone who was thirsty. Come to me and drink. You know, Jesus wants each of us to acknowledge our thirst. I'm thirsty. Lord, I need you. I need you every hour. I need you. And then humbly, humbly come to him and say, Lord, would you give me that living water? He is the source of living water, and he delights in giving that to each of us. Friends, until we come together again, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.